1996, two years after releasing Pulse Man, Game Freak finally got around to releasing the first Pokemon games. The total revenue of the Pokemon franchise over the following 27 years is estimated at $88 billion. In 1996, however, Pokemon had not made any billion dollars. The world of Pokemon and its various systems were not conceived with the expectations that these first games were ushering in eight more generations with 874 more species of monster. Its creators were not concerned with the viability of a worldwide competitive scene or the fine-toothed analysis of that scene by Smogon University. They weren't preparing to introduce shiny Pokemon in the second generation and then overhaul them in the third. They did not have time to perfect any of the mechanics that define Pokemon, because they were too busy inventing those mechanics. It is true that in Gen 1, Psychic is the strongest type apparently by design, even before you notice that a programming error makes Psychic types immune to ghost attacks instead of weak to them, but this state of affairs does not strike me as unconscionable. It isn't fair to expect any game to be perfectly balanced or completely free of bugs. We should not be especially disappointed or especially surprised when one very small part of a game doesn't work at all. And this is the third strongest podcast. I had an intro that I thought of earlier today that is gone now. It is seeped out of my brain holes, uh, and so this is the intro instead. Hi, it's third strongest podcast. Hi. Uh, Hi. We're here. Uh, we're taking a break from the podcast, though. This is a break episode. Because we've hit the part of the game where the game is telling us to take a little break again. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you gotta take a break. Yeah. And talk about the game instead of talking about the game. Yeah. Uh, we should do a drink check. This is a tea break is what the game uh, has indicated to us because we talked to a Tenda who just said, hey, would you like a cup of tea? And we said yes. And so yeah. let's let's go down the line. Give me some drinks. I've got a licorice tea here. This time I'm prepared. Wow. What are you drinking it out of? What's your mug? Oh, I got an old rabbit mug from when I was young. Nice. It's very cozy. Cool. Ryan, what you drinking? Uh, well, I'm I've got the full spread. I have a hot chocolate here in my Space Ghost mug, and I have uh, about let's see, 260 milliliters of water left in my wife's Camelback water bottle. That's over there, <laughs> and then to my left, I have a Pepsi Max can that I'm gonna guess is like one quarter full. And so that's roughly uh, 90 milliliters are left in that can. And so you'll hear my mood change wildly over the course of the podcast as I drink from different cups. Wow. So Having... astute, careful listeners can try to figure out what you're drinking at what moment. Having multiple beverages is like such a flex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just got I this that... one cup of tea. I do that when I go into work. I've got a water bottle, and then I bring in my own coffee that I made at home. So I walk in mm. dual-wielding beverages. <laughs> and everyone at the Zach factory is really in intimidated. They tried to 
call it the Zachary, but um, copyright <laughs> infringement. Mm. Turns out, so uh, Zachtronic <laughs> Games has that covered. Uh, so Do I, they really use the word Zachary? I have no idea. I just know that. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe they should. Free, they should, well, free idea. They, yeah. <laughs> You were joking when it was you said it was copyright infringement. Yes. It actually is a free idea. Because ideas want to be free. That's right. Mm. Oh, I have a beverage. Uh, here, I only have one beverage. Uh, I made a mint tea. It's like two different tea bags. One is like mixed mint, one is peppermint. Hmm. Um, this is a the favorite tea of my cat, who has been trying to get up on my lap the past like 15 minutes to get at it even though he knows he's not allowed to have it uh, i'm drinking it want it more exactly <laughs> i'm drinking it out of a mug that's like green and has some very cute cartoon hedgehogs on it nice uh done what in, are like, the hedgehogs really... names I, they don't have names it's not Zach the Hedgehog, Ryan the Hedgehog, Sarah the Hedgehog. No, there's two of them. One is like looking nervous and one is asleep and like rolled over. <laughs> it's done in an art style that reminds me of like Disneyland, if that makes sense. Hmm. But these are not characters that as far as I understand. Well, okay. Drink check complete. Uh, this is the grab bag episode, right? Yes, as we reflect on our journey, as we enjoy these beverages, and I guess we'll talk about the the actual tea break text, and then we will actually reflect on our journey and remember stuff that we forgot to talk about on previous episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, This tea break text. Oh, but first, this tea break text. Oh, it was a shorter speech than I remembered. This one went really quick. Uh, yeah, even though it doesn't, like, I'm looking at it in the text dump now where it's right next to the coffee break text, it's only slightly shorter than the coffee break text. Um, I wonder if the, like, text scrolling speed is the same. And in particular, I wonder if it might have something to do with the line breaks. I think that they might have decided to make this text shorter in order for the um they 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 had it formatted one way they said this is too long they so they uh deleted some line breaks i have a a specific case where i'm going to make that case Hmm. so is this like the two-thirds point in the game they decided to give us another break uh i think so don't you think yeah. Two thirds. Um, because I do wanna. I, I I'm I'm sticking to my guns where I think Moonside Mani Mani statue or like that basic that area is the halfway point. Yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time for a break. Even though I feel like the coffee break was after a a more arduous part of the journey and. Well, we are right after the deep darkness, which was difficult too. Deep darkness and Stonehenge. Yeah. We've just yeah. been hit in the face a couple times. That's true. So we do need this break and a little pep talk. Our coffee break episode was episode eight, which is close to, if this is 20, then 
there's going to be exactly 30 episodes of this podcast. Hmm. Probably. We also did the coffee break after, or like around the time we got three sanctuaries. And we've since gotten oh, yeah. three more. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is like before we go to the last two, we have to hmm. sit down again for a minute. Yeah, makes sense. And this is also after kind of an act break insofar as the Stonehenge base has been advancing the main plot of the game. I guess in kind of the same way the, um, you might, maybe you could say that the Belch base was like interacting directly with Gygus's forces instead of these local schmoes. Um, we mm-hmm. did a bunch of like local color around other parts of the world, and then we went directly into one of Gygus's bases again. And now we get a, a break. That's true. I got to remember this stuff for when I draw a big diagram of the earthbound plot structure. Mm-hmm. The visit from the goddess. The descent into the underworld. The voyage home. Indeed. The elixir. I don't know. Well, if it's... okay. Oh, what? Uh, we're, we're both we were both about to do the same transition. Yeah, let's get to this uh, text. Do you want me to say it? Or do, are we going to recite yeah. the whole thing? Uh, go ahead. Like a great tapestry, vertical and horizontal threads have met and become intertwined, creating a huge, beautiful image. You may have cursed this never-ending journey. You have known injury and defeat, but you have struggled on to reach this place. Your inborn intelligence and courage have helped bring you here. You have believed in your friends, and as a group, you have supported each other. Have you ever stopped to consider how much your power has grown? Now you could fell enemies in Onnit or Tucson with one blow. As you certainly know, you cannot turn back. Gygus, the arch-fiend of the universe, is growing frightened of you and your power. He is searching for ways to end your journey. From here, the challenge grows, and your adventure will take you beyond anything you ever imagined. You are drawing near to Gygus. Remember, when you are suffering hardships, your enemy is also struggling. By the way, do you know where Pokey went? When this cup of tea is finished, your adventure will continue. Your destiny pulls you in. Oh, your destiny pulls you in the right direction. Believe in yourself and press forward. Nespala Jeff Poo, I wish you luck. Da, 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 da. So, um, for one thing, the there's very long spaces in between paragraphs. Like I'm get, when a, after one thought. I'm going to let you stew on that for a few seconds Mm. before uh, I get to the next thought. But here, one paragraph begins with, you may have cursed this never-ending journey, and then it goes on for a while, and it ends with, um, he is searching for ways to end your journey. Uh, So it's almost half of the text of this thing is all one paragraph. Hmm. And I think that might have been split up into more 
paragraphs. It certainly has more than one thought going on, uh, but they thought that it was too long, possibly. The other thing is, at the end, uh, by the way, do you know where Pokey went? Just leads into when this cup of tea is finished. <laughs> yeah. In a really awkward way. Yeah, it isn't that the beginning of a paragraph? By the way, do you know where Pokey went is like a new thought. That's why I mm-hmm. read it that way, because I'm like, it really does just like, yeah. by the way, I'm going to throw this. Anyways, don't worry about that. Yeah. We're going to move on to the end of the, the, the speech. The The cadence here is like poor. Yeah. Yeah. But by the way, do you know where Pokey went is like something that the game keeps saying as well. Just don't forget about him. Mm-hmm. It is funny how much of the speech they dedicate to, hey, did you notice you can KO enemies in one go now? Isn't that yeah. a cool system that we put in this game? It's like they're like hyping their own game up a little bit to themselves. <laughs> it's interesting to say this too, right after we've uh, we've repeated an area so you can kind of see how much you've grown even though, well, at least in Stonehenge, like if you walked in there in the beginning and it was way too strong for you, um, you can see how much you've grown. Well, all that stuff that we were talking about in, or I was harping on in the context of backtracking and the function of backtracking uh, that like is the the subtext of that backtracking journey is. Uh, like, oh, yeah, I, I'm being made to reflect on how my adventure has gone so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, then here it's just stated outright. But <laughs> uh, saying here, you're much stronger than you used to be. Uh, you really have had a long journey and uh, grown in power would not be convincing or compelling by itself. I think arguably um, the the way that they make you backtrack is uh, convincing enough. But then when they point out to you, when they point it out to you after you've just had that experience, mm-hmm. you have to admit, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I am strong. You're right, game. Yeah, it's very effective. My favorite line is, remember, when you are suffering hardships, your enemy is also struggling. J-Mac pointed that out too in one of his bullet lists of things that made him think very hard about this game yeah it it does it seems as as like as much of a side note as do you know where pokey went but sort of a different topic it's like it's sort of out of place in here but it is a good thing to remember i don't think i was remembering that before they asked me to remember that yeah it's a good life lesson it might be a good life lesson. I don't think it's always the case that when you are suffering hardships, your enemy is also struggling. Yeah, probably not always. But it's it's a good lesson for kids. Um, if you're in high school, then if you're struggling hardship, you should remember that your enemy, the other kids in mm-hmm. school, are also struggling. Yeah, it's it's good at least to think outside yourself. Yes, yes. And that's what the game is asking us to do a lot of the time. Step back a little bit. Wow. Good thesis. <laughs> uh, so, oh, yeah, I, I, yes. Is there anything else? Uh, nothing about the text, uh, but this 
is uh, you know we're 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 given this text over a cool background. Uh, my notes say that this is the most important background in the game, but that's not what it is. It's the most important to me because this is my favorite background in the game. Ah. It's like these zigzag lines that kind of intersect, and it's all purple and good, and it's my mm. favorite one to look at in the entire video game. Mm. Wow. Uh, do you know how many of these backgrounds are in the game? Uh, I don't know how many actually show up, but I know there's like a whole... You can download a program and generate these because there's like certain, like you can layer yes. them on top of each other and do certain patterns. So there's probably thousands and thousands of them that are possible, but I don't know how many are the, actually represented in the game. I downloaded the, like, what I assume is the images ripped from the game that are the base images that it uses for... um generating the trippy versions of these backgrounds although some of them are pretty trippy to begin with uh and there are several repeats but just let me check how many files are in this thing there's 326 images i'm not sure how many of them are repeats but there's probably a hundred different like unique things uh, although uh, there's like four of that one. Why are there four of that one? Anyway, what? I needed to mess with it because of the um, to, to get the b background for the website. Here's something I'm noticing now for the very first time. One of these images in the battle backgrounds are uh, two of them, actually, are images of the uh, the street side in summers where you get the magic cake. Yeah. Because the freaky twisting that they do at when you eat the magic cake has to be done with the twisting technology of the battle backgrounds. Hmm. So that's cool. Hmm. Um, I've, I've seen a very cool YouTube video about how they managed to uh, make the trippy backgrounds for the battles. And um, it's nothing like mind-blowing in itself like after you see it you're like well i guess i had to do it some way but the very specific details of like lines messing with lines messing with mode 7 or whatever check it out find that youtube video online at youtube.com slash video i think that's all we have to say about the part of the video game that we were podcasting about today okay so now it's Zatsudan time. Gonna have a drink of one of my beverages. <laughs> you gotta get, listener, you have to guess which one. Um, I've got some notes about some <sighs> random topics. I know Sarah's got some notes about some random topics, and I believe Ryan also has something. Perfect. The smallest possible thing. Uh, some of these are no, also that's not very true. small. So, uh... And one of us was going to show our list to the others before we started re recording, right? We did yeah, not we do talked that. about doing that, and <laughs> I don't see anything. <laughs> well, it'll be a surprise, I guess. I attempted to go back through and listen to a bunch of episodes at two times speed to try and find things where we were like, we should talk about that again at some point. Wow. Uh, I only got like five episodes in on this. So... I've got a partial list of some stuff that I had kept track of. Um, 
but I know that Sarah has been much more vigilant in keeping track of those sorts of things. I try. But what do you what do you got? Uh let's start here. Uh have we talked about beef jerky? I don't think no. so. Has that come up at all yet? Because it's something that beef jerky is just an item that's sold in this game in some places and it's has some incredible info text that I didn't know until this playthrough. Oh. Okay. So you can buy beef jerky, like regular beef jerky. And beef jerky is usually like a good healing item. So regular beef jerky heals 150 HP. You can buy it. You can get infinite jerky and scaraba is what the, the way the wiki words this, which is really funny. Um, <laughs> I don't think they mean that. I think they just mean you can buy it. Uh, okay, the, the description text for beef jerky. Recipe for making jerky. Obtain some type of meat. Slice it into pieces about a half an inch th thick. Hang the pieces on a laundry line or something like it, and leave it out in the sun for maybe six months. Dot, dot, dot. Well, that's what my recipe says. That's good. Hmm. But there's two upgraded versions of jerky that you can get later in the game. There's spicy jerky, which has the recipe of, or the uh, description text of, recipe for making spicy jerky. Obtain some type of meat, slice it into pieces of about a half inch thick, Season the pieces as much as possible, hang the pieces on a laundry line or something like it, and leave it out in the sun for maybe eight months. Well, that's <laughs> what my recipe says. <laughs> and, then and then finally, luxury jerky, which I don't think we've run across yet, is a gourmet version of jerky that is considered a delicacy. It is created by a skillful artisan who has been making jerky for over 60 years. Jerky fans wow. consider this the caviar of all jerkies. <laughs> I understand that they don't dry gourmet jerky on a laundry line. That is good. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's the rule of three. <laughs> uh, remember in Scott Pilgrim when there was a recipe for shepherd's pie? Oh, they, they do put a whole recipe in there, don't they? Yeah. Hmm. Um, that's something that we need to do more of, is putting recipes or just, like, practical information mm -hmm. in comics and games edutainment yeah um uh, i have no, a couple the, like what? the sorry the further you get in this game the more precious the item descriptions are because you really get too busy to check any of them and yet they get so good some of the time yeah um, but what do you got i have a couple of uh food-related items on my list. I don't know if we want to go on the food theme a little more. Absolutely. Keep it going. Um, oh, I guess it's just one. But uh, at one point, I didn't I didn't go back and listen again, but I feel like we, when we talked about Pooh and the foods that he can eat, did we, did we say that he can eat his local foods only and not other areas' foods? I we don't, got somewhat into that, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's true. Because... Uh, oh. We, uh, I was trying to feed him food and he was not really healing from it. Like the gruel or whatever it is that you get in, um, Dalam. And, uh, I looked it up and all he can eat is brain food lunch. Oh, okay. So we, I, I think that's a little, uh, correction. I think we, we were talking about that he could eat more foods than that. Okay. 
Um, uh, yeah, I definitely believed that up until just now. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> uh, and then I was confused when he was not healing from uh, some of the later food items that you can get in his area. Um, but he does he does better with water than everybody else. That part is true. Although water still doesn't heal too much. At least a regular bottle of water doesn't do too much. Gives him like 10 PP. Yeah. It's something. I use that to uh, get him, you know, as, as powerful as I could before Sarman Deluxe without having to exit the base. Mm-hmm. Nothing else about food, right? No, that was my only food item, actually. Ooh, I got a food item. What? Hey. Uh, from a recent episode where Ryan noted, hey, we didn't talk about the Apple of Enlightenment. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good segue. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it gets a throwaway line here in, when we fight Starman Deluxe where he mentions the a- Apple of Enlightenment having a prophecy. And then we... Way a few episodes down the line, we'll also have it referenced by a different character talking about how what? what Buzz Buzz mentioned the Apple of Enlightenment, too, right? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Okay, let's look in no, the yeah, text dump. Or wait, that's something else. Uh, it gets mentioned in Magicent and. I think that I, I thought that BuzzBuzz said it because BuzzBuzz refers to a prediction and uh, yeah, it would seem to be the same prediction. Probably. That the Apple of Enlightenment made. Uh, yeah, people have long speculated what this thing is, uh, but there's not really any evidence or anything beyond a handful of mentions that hmm. even refers to it being a thing. So to be clear... Uh, Starman Deluxe says the prophecy from the Apple of Enlightenment may be true, but you must not underestimate us. Um, then someone will say, uh, or in Magicent, the, uh, you'll find out somehow that the Apple of Enlightenment foretold that Gygus's attempt will fail because of a boy named Ness. Uh, and then later on, um, a bad guy will say the apple of enlightenment has predicted something, but I won't let that prediction take place. Uh, you will actually lose and guy gets will win instead. Um, mm. When, so let's also include in this analysis, uh, buzz buzzes um, statement that, where I am from, or wait, I'm, uh, I'm, there is a well-known legend. This is Guy, uh, Buzz Buzz's speech. Um, a well-known legend that has been handed down from ancient times. Okay, this is not the same thing if he's from 10 years in the future. Uh, this is tricky. What are the theories about what the Apple of Enlightenment is? I did zero research on this <laughs> to know what people think about this. Do you have any guesses off the top of your head? I, it's clearly some kind of magical MacGuffin or entity that is in the business of giving out prophecy, right? Something sure. that can see the future, whether it's like a mechanical thing or 
some kind of weird, you know, we're calling it the Apple of Enlightenment, which is a very, you know, Book of Genesis kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, is it referring to, like, that? Or is it just using that name for some kind of oracle? I, I don't know. Is Sarah, it- do you have any guesses? Um, no. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, one theory that I uh, guess I want to get out of the way because it doesn't have much to back it up, but I like it, is that the Apple of Enlightenment is Apple Kid somehow. Whoa. And obviously, like, Apple Kid himself is not a guy dispensing predictions. Although he kind of is, because he says there's a 7% chance that you would uh, succeed. Oh, yeah. But he's also creating inventions right when they're needed. That's true. He has a uncanny predictive ability to know what kind of paper you will need. Yeah. Or what kind of eraser you will need. Wait, he's all about stationary. <laughs> um, no. I I think that like it's I can imagine just off the top of my head that if these if Gygus is from the future and he's getting these uh predictions in the future, Apple Kid could be like I don't know, a machine man or perhaps stuck in a tube being forced to make these predictions for hmm. uh, Gygus. Wouldn't that be cool if uh, Gygus, if the whole point of kidnapping him to Stonehenge was to uh, leverage his brain power and turn him into like a Mentat slash guild navigator machine man who couldn't resist uh, doing Gygus's actuarial work. Hmm. That is interesting. I like like the idea of, yeah, him being like far future Apple kid who has ascended to become like a seer. Exactly. Is Mm -hmm. acting as some kind of neutral entity, though perhaps he is secretly still on the side of good, but he has to be kind of somewhat impartial. Mm -hmm. It's like a... I picture the Ocarina of Time manga where Sheik is like working for Ganondorf, but secretly is against Ganondorf. Mm. And I'm imagining a guild navigator in a big tank. Hmm. Only he's like an apple. Yes. <laughs> uh, because I, they don't, the fact that you have Apple Kid and the Apple of Enlightenment, if those things aren't related, it's a little bit inelegant. I'm not saying hmm. that it's a necessity. It's a necessity that they're this, the same guy. I'm saying it 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 w- would be cool if they were the same guy, and it's not impossible according to anything the game says. So I don't know. It, I in the small amount of research I did, if anyone said, I think it might be Apple Kid, the response would be, "No, it's not, you idiot." <laughs> and it's like, well, what if you applied? a single drop of imagination you could Mm -hmm. get something cool out of it i mean there's so little to go on you can't really call anybody's theory like an idiot theory because it's like it it could be anything i can come up with an idiot theory (laughs) what if the apple of enlightenment is actually a peach what if the apple of enlightenment is the orb behind starman deluxe that's the second thing i was going to bring up Uh aha 
the fact that Starman Deluxe is standing right in front of it when he says the apple, or oh, yeah. he talks about the apple of Elaine and its prediction. I mean, what is that orb doing? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. It's Apple Kids. They did not have to make to a, a special. <laughs> Um, future Apple Kid, Guild Navigator Apple Kid, is yeah. inside that orb. Yeah. Right. Mm. Uh, so that's rad. Mm. Uh, and there's, like, there's <laughs> some people predict, or they postulate that the Apple of Enlightenment could instead be uh, the orb that we see at the end of the game. The one that Ness's face appears in. That's not, no, that's not what that is. That has a, di- that has a different name. <laughs> but, it, I mean... Anything could be. Don't come in and tell me this idea is stupid when you think there are no stupid ideas, Zach. It could be that the Devil's Machine and the Apple of Enlightenment are the same thing. Okay. Or the Apple of Enlightenment is like stuck into the. De- it's one of the components in the Devil's Machine. I guess we're we're we're, um, we're staying biblical there, so I guess that checks out. <laughs> what's What's cool about that theory is Ness's face appearing in that orb could be like an expression of the apple of enlightenment predicting that Ness will save the world. Like Mm. it's his name on the fortune cookie fortune. Okay. I don't have any other, I don't have any other dumb theories. I'm trying to think of another like dumb theory to add, but I got nothing. Okay. Brother. Um, I need someone, either of you to help me. Okay. This page. Whoops. Wrong window. This page uh, that someone took a lousy photo of out of the Legends of Localization book. Oh, I can go. Which has an image. You know, I I have this on my shelf. I could go to the other room and grab this right now. Okay. If you want to flex on us, (laughs) then go ahead. Okay. Be right back. Well, uh, this is good because I want to hear what's on the facing page. The photo doesn't give all the context. I'm glad I decided not to, like, reference this book too much in the podcast, because I'd feel really self-conscious if this podcast was just me reading this book all the time. But, you know. Well, and we we carefully constructed the the brief of the podcast such that this book should be out of scope. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Throughout the game, there are mentions of a prophecy given to Gygus by something called the Apple of Enlightenment. General information about the prophecy can be surmised from the bits and pieces of the game script, but the full details are never revealed in the game. The official Mother 2 guide provides those details, though. Below is a translation of the discussion between Gygus and the Apple of Enlightenment, which is described as an ultra-prophecy device. So who wants to play this script out? Who wants to play Gygus? I will bravely play Gygus. Okay. Sarah, do you want to play the Apple of Enlightenment? Yes. Great, then I don't have to do anything. What does Gygus sound like? Gygus sounds like Frieza from Dragon Ball. <laughs> uh, prophesize for me. When will my plan reach fruition? That cannot be prophesized. Your question is flawed. Then I will ask again. Will my plan to completely rule the galaxy succeed? It does not succeed. The plan ends in failure. Impossible! Why? What do you see? Earth children. Four of them. A boy, a girl, a boy, and a boy. <laughs> That's a really funny way to say that. <laughs> Earth children, what do you see them doing? 
They are battling you. What happens? They destroy you. That's not possible. Are you certain of this? My prophecies are never wrong. When do they come to me? Earth year 199X. What happens if I go back in time and get rid of them? The results of temporal interference cannot be prophesized. Do you know the names of these children? Ness, Paula, Jeff, Pooh. Do you know where they are? Ness and Paula are in Eagle Land. Jeff is in Winters. Pooh is in Delam. They are still strangers to each other. End scene. So, Zach, because I'm just looking at someone's photo of this, um, is there anything on the facing page or the next page that uh, gives any more context to this? I don't think so. Let me pull it up. I set it down already. Get that ASMR of me opening the book. The ASMR of you saying, That's right. (laughs) Uh, Nope. The next page is about the coffee talk. And the preceding page is about all of the individual sound bites recorded for the pot for the for the podcast for the video game, huh? Like the o- like the humming and the OK Discord and stuff. Hi, cat. Oh, cool. <laughs> huh. Okay, so I want to say first of all, this being in the official Mother Two guide is basically equivalent to it being in Hyrule Historia or whatever. Yeah, like. There's no reason to expect that uh, Itoi said, oh, guys, you got, when you put together the guide, make sure you put together, put in all this, uh, you know, important lore stuff that I came up with and it's all canon. Um, it could just as easily have been written by an intern who they gave permission to go wild and make nonsense up. Also, even if it was canon, there's like nothing here. This, the text that's presented well, here does not exclude any of the theories we were referring to earlier. No, but it does establish a timeline that I think is interesting. Or maybe it just puts something into focus that I never thought about before. The This is Gygus um, in the future maybe the 10 years in the future that buzz buzz says is all devastation or maybe further than that when uh Gygus is you know expanding his uh campaign to the rest of the galaxy and he consults the apple of enlightenment it makes this prediction that nespala jeff and Pooh will kill him uh which has not happened in this timeline right uh nespala jeff and Pooh apparently exist in this timeline uh, but they have not come together to destroy him. And so Gygus says, okay, then I will go back in time and uh, make sure that they, they die. Mm-hmm. Or I will destroy them. I'll go back in time to destroy them. And so the the stakes of the game, whenever people are... Uh, whenever the villains of this game talk about the prophecy of the, the Apple of Enlightenment, they're talking about this prophecy that Gygus received and Gygus is doing everything he can to escape 
what destiny has dictated. And Ness, who is, you know, destined to save the world, he has to do whatever he can to go along with destiny to uh, succeed in saving the world. And it's, you know, like the, I think we said on the podcast before how Chrono Trigger has this, uh, like a thematic through line that Earthbound at first glance at least lacks, where it's like there is the destiny of how things are supposed to happen, but when you introduce time travel, people get the chance to write their own destiny or rewrite the future, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can you can change the future. But in uh in Earthbound, the Lavos figure is trying to change how things turn out. The Lavos figure is trying to, uh, you know, resist fate. And the uh, hero is the one who says, no, no, this is... No matter what you do, I'm always going to win. Hmm. Doesn't hmm. that seem wild to you? Yeah, it's a different uh, philosophy on time travel and taking There's- over the world. There's like more to say about the time travel stuff, but I kind of want to wait till we get towards the very, very end of the game to like devote too much okay. brain power to dissecting it. All right. Do you at least agree that there seems to be a, a contrast with the Chrono series? Yeah. Uh, with Chrono Trigger specifically, yes. I'm just thinking. Yeah, no, it's 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 a different approach. Yeah, in in the way you described. Okay. Where cuz our player characters in this game don't have the agency when it comes to time travel. Hmm. They are just like yeah, being strung along a little bit. Mhm. I think. Hmm. I'm gonna, I'm going to ruminate on this for a few episodes. We'll come back. Well, and the, the it, they seem to be saying opposite things like you can escape destiny or you can't mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. um I, I i like again i don't necessarily consider this a important source of truth if <laughs> if we're foolishly trying to decide once and for all what the apple of enlightenment is uh but it made me think about the game in a way i never did before and now we can put the Apple of Enlightenment question to bed, and we can go through the rest of everybody else's lists. Hey, this is Ryan, the editor of the podcast. We talked this over a little bit after the recording, and it doesn't make sense. The conversation does not establish a timeline, because when is this conversation taking place? If it's before 1990X, and the Apple of Enlightenment is predicting that the Chosen Four will meet and destroy Gygus in the future, then... Why does Gygus have to travel back in time to defeat them? Also, when is he traveling back in time to? It's not to 1990X, that's in the future. If this is happening after 1990X, then the Apple of Enlightenment is predicting that the Chosen Four will destroy Gygus in the past, and not in the cave of the past, but in 1990X. And that is not a prediction, because it already happened, in which case, how are Gygus and the Apple having this conversation in the first place? 
And we can't chalk it up to weird time travel stuff because the Apple specifically says it can only make predictions about a timeline that hasn't been interfered with. So I can't come up with a way to make it all work as a sensible story. The text is deficient. The text is carelessly written, bad job. And in the broader thematic conversations about using time travel to escape your destiny or struggle against fate, I now have to take a step back and ask, who in this game actually does travel through time? Specifically, who is... Zack, make a note. We have to establish this. Hmm, I had to pull my list back up because I had a yeah, bunch of other good stuff segue. in front of it. Uh, here's an easy one. Uh, I'm playing Pokemon Red Blue Randomized right now. Uh, and it's really fun to see the little bits of, like, Earthbound's DNA that make their way into that hmm. video game. Oh, like what? It, from from this stuff as simple as I'm on the SS Anne, and somebody mentions that somebody threw out an item, and then I go through a bunch of trash cans, and it's like, oh, no, there's just, like, onion peels in here. <laughs> uh, until mm. you find the right one that has, like, a great ball in it or whatever. Hmm. That's cool. Uh, I I think that Pokemon Red Blue is not localized nearly as well as Earthbound. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know if that's cuz just the source text just isn't as flavorful, it's a little more sparse or if the localization was just a more a a, a not as a What's the what's the polite way to say it? just like not as like not done to the same level of care, I guess. Hmm. Um, but there's just, and it's also just represents a very, di- it's like doing the modern world thing, but it's also got its own weird sense of place to it, where the Pokemon world just feels like a different world than anything the real world ever had to offer, where it's this weird world where strife doesn't really exist anymore because everybody's Mm. material needs are met so everybody just gets involved in weird (laughs) like pokemon team gang struggles it's weird (laughs) uh anyway just fun to see bits and pieces of that poke through though Mm. as i'm playing this kids back then were probably going through trash cans all the time (laughs) <laughs> you can find good stuff in trash cans. <laughs> uh, I can do a couple. I got a couple small ones and then a slightly bigger one. Okay. Uh, you all did that episode without me where you played all those games on the Earthbound tag on Ichio. Yeah. And the one you all said to go play was the one with the ants. So, so oh, yeah, because we couldn't play so it. So I downloaded it and I uh, played it as much as you could play it because it's more proof of concept than every anything mm. there's like a house that you can oh, okay. examine a bunch of things and talk to some npcs and then there's an overworld like a town that seemed mm. unfinished and i couldn't get inside of any buildings so that was pretty much ah. the entirety of the game i think mm. uh but here's a really cute placeholder uh piece of art that i walked past and was like this is good actually wow <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah i like it it's uh it's very basic but it's extremely i will get around to finishing this later yeah uh, game release in 2020 
Hmm. Big year uh, for releasing games. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, the other the here's another big one we didn't do is uh that Ryan pointed out in some episode notes is we didn't talk about Kraken at all. Oh yeah. Or like we talked we about Kraken and fighting Kraken, oh. but we didn't describe Kraken's physical appearance whatsoever. Mm. Yeah. So the in the game, the Kraken is a classic sea serpent uh, with maybe the main unique thing about this version of a sea serpent. Um, I was going to say is that it doesn't have eyes, but I guess your classic sea serpent doesn't breathe fire either, hmm. does it? I don't think so. It, it doesn't seem like that much of a stretch. Yeah. But I don't think I've seen that depicted anywhere else. So it's Sea Serpent, but it's got like the dragon feature of breathing fire. But it's got the kind of earthboundy feature of it's drawn without eyes. And it looks, it's, it's a real cool sprite. Yeah. Of course, in real world, where I come from... <laughs> Kraken is the name of like giant squid. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's not this. And I don't know for sure what the like history is because the Kraken like keep on being depicted in um pop culture and it's hard to say like what people are uh trying like what uh, what was real uh, myths a long time ago and what was made up for Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, regardless, it's usually not a sea serpent. Probably. probably. Yes. And, well, I wanted to say, like, what I, was what I was trying to remember was, is Earthbound the only one who made it, like, a serpent? Oh, I mean, who can say? I'm sure somebody else out there has ascribed the name Kraken to this type of sea monster this almost just feels like uh, uh, a mislabeling of sorts where this you, you could imagine seeing yeah. a kraken style sea serpent on an old timey map and then you imagine that creatures out in the sea are referred to as a kraken mm -hmm. and so somebody got those two wires connected despite the fact that those are kind of two different things but they're close enough that this kind of mislabeling could happen yeah, I don't think I really knew what a kraken was, and I kind of pictured it like a sea serpent. But I don't have a lot of experience with them. Uh, in Clash of the Titans, my other podcast, the kraken was, uh, it had a humanoid head, torso, and arms, but also boasts a number of tentacles, according to Wikipedia. Um, instead of a tail, he is depicted with crab-like legs. That's the 2010 version of Clash of the Titans. In 1981, it was a giant four-armed humanoid with scales and a fishtail. Hmm. So, yeah, there's, I guess there's a, there's something of a tradition of the Kraken can just be any sea monster. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think it, Earthbound might be the only one who said, you know, n normal sea serpent, like on maps, that's a Kraken. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's this might be why I always think of it as a sea serpent because I I, I I think yeah. that is the case for a lot of people. <laughs> huh. There's some in-universe sailor and Toto that 
was the first one to see it that called it a kraken and all his friends hate him for it yeah because the name because the name caught on <laughs> come on man well they That's might not, not have gotten is. a good look at it I've got one other thing to talk about that's kind of rambly. So is there any other little quick hits? Uh, yeah, I got some little things. Um, one th- another thing that we didn't really talk about, I don't think we mentioned the brainstone when we uh, when we met Pooh. He was carrying the brainstone. Isn't that where it comes from? Yeah. And I think we didn't mention it because it doesn't do anything. Um, but I always wondered what it was for it sounds very interesting but apparently it's supposed to prevent you from losing concentration in battle or to prevent him specifically which makes sense for his character but because of a bug it doesn't do anything at all so that's interesting oh that's what i learned from wikibound i always didn't i never knew what it did Yeah, I have no idea. I I never think about it. I just kind of uh, let uh, Pooh hold on to it and never think about it. But yeah, huh? So maybe it's just like a the code that checks whether or not the party member is carrying the brainstone does not appear, thus resulting in the item never working in mm-hmm. battle. Um, Wikibound says that, but then a uh, a ton of you know fifteen year old. Uh, discussions on the internet are like, well, here's uh, I th- the brainstone. How does the brainstone work? Well, here's what it does. I think the fact that it doesn't work has only emerged relatively mm. recently. There also just aren't that many enemies late in the game that do that to you. Yeah. Yeah. That will disrupt your senses, I think. Hmm. I, I remember running into the brainstone when I was on the last time we were here doing a coffee break when I got into it about um, equipment and how you have all the different equipable things for the different armor slots and such. And then you have like two different items that are just items you have in your inventory that kind of function like equip items, which is the Franklin badge and the brainstone, uh-huh. um, which are like charms in like Diablo that you just keep in your inventory that affect it, but aren't actually equipped. That's all. Mm. Just, There's just a lot of options Andy. for items in this game. There's equipable. no shortage of items in this game. Yeah. We got equipable yeah. charms and unequipable charms. We've got equipable weapons and non-equipable weapons. <laughs> Snake bags. We got a lot of stuff. It's very messy in a way that's very good. It's not clean yeah. cut. It's not efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the fact that no one, at least in the first page of Google results, is saying, "Oh, but the brainstone doesn't actually do anything." Uh, like I, I don't know why to trust Wikibound more than anyone else. The fact, the thing is that Wikibound doesn't say where they get that information. Yeah, that's true. So, I would like some confirmation from a second source maybe on the next uh roundup episode we can talk about yeah (laughs) weird okay sorry uh there's Um, a couple more questions just quick questions we had that we talked about in previous episodes that i looked up the answers to okay Um, we were talking about what are do the main characters have last names is it paula polestar um 
And I looked that up and there is no consensus on a last name for Ness, but apparently, according to starmen.net, which is, yeah, um, apparently the official guidebook, the Nintendo guidebook, has Paula listed as Paula Jones. <laughs> okay. So she okay. does have, and her father's name is Paul Jones. So perhaps that could be considered a official surname. Huh. Uh, that's the uh, the English guide? The Japanese guide. Oh, okay. All right. I don't... Jones uh, is like, okay, but I do really like Paul's dad's name being Paul. That's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I like Paul Starway better. Yeah. Oh, but the, then you pr- uh, you uh, proposed that it's Paula Star. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that the Polestar Preschool is named after her because it's the same Japanese characters. But Okay. Uh, but then I like oh, I think that Star is a cool last name. Yeah. It can be with one R mm-hmm. or two. And with one R as like the last name of this magic character. That's kind of cool. Mm. But the downside is then you're like, hi, I'm Paula Star. My uh, my parents run a daycare that's called, or a preschool that's called the Paula Star Preschool. Yeah. <laughs> and that's gross. That's embarrassing. So, uh, I can't decide. <laughs> you don't have to. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's making you decide. I'm the authority on Earthbound. Whatever I say goes and will get edited into Wikibound with a citation. Hmm. Episode 20 of the third oh strongest gosh. podcast. I never thought about that. That's a lot of pressure. Was there another small thing on your list? Yeah, it's actually kind of related because we also talked about okay. um, we couldn't remember if the preschool music changes after Paula's in your party. Um, so I went back oh, and yeah. checked and yes, it does change. Uh, when you first go there, it is the song called Paula's Theme which is the kind of creepy, okay. eerie kidnapping <laughs> song. And then when you go yes. back later, it's a more it's the more peaceful town sounding theme that I also associate with Paula, but they call it Pollyanna. Oh, okay. So it does change. Wait, maybe Paula's last name is Anna. Hmm, could be your middle name. <gasps> Why do I like that so much? Polly, Paula Anna Star. Paula Anna Polestar. Hmm. This is some good stuff. This is a good podcast. It's fun. Okay, is it time for Zach's rambling thing? Yeah, I'd like to hear that. Okay. Um, actually, you know, I went to go play the game this week, like I do. And because playing the game this week meant watching a single 30 second cutscene, i was like i want to play the game a little bit more so i went <laughs> on a hunt for photos because i'd not been keeping track of all the different photo locations as mm. i've been going through and i'm like i would like to get all of them in a game once because i don't think i've ever actually done that uh not that you're really going to be able to tell when we get to the credits because i surely just the timing changes on that i'm not i'm not sure and i tried to like I tried to YouTube to see if somebody had, like, here's all the different 
ways the credits changes depending on how many photos you have. I just assume it just slides through the slideshow faster if you don't have very many. But I don't. I, I could not find this information, and I'm not going to play the game 37 times to figure it out. Um, Hold on. Surely the credits on an any percent speedrun would be with the minimum of photos and the credits on an 100% speedrun would be with all the Probably. photos. So we just need to find those two speedruns where they bother to include the credits. Okay. I'll let you do that because YouTube's mad at me right now and won't let me watch videos. So, Because uh, ad blockers. Um, of course. Now, so, what I, so I ended up going back through and I got a list and I went and tried to find and see if I had missed any photos. Uh, it turns out I missed two, hmm. uh, and in doing, I'll, I'll tell you which ones, and I'll tell you in doing this, I made some discoveries. Ooh, ooh! So I went through winners like twice, and it is true that at this point you can just take the bubble monkey as many times as you want across Lake Tess. Ooh, fun! <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, I found there were two photos I was missing. One was on the beach in Summers. Which, mm. you know, there's oh, sure. it's, there's a lot of beach in summers, and if you don't walk on the specific spot, that's mm. an easy one to miss. Uh, then I went to Scaraba, and I went through the pyramid, and did you know that after you beat the pyramid, it's just empty? No. Oh, there cool. are no enemies in there. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Expecting huh. to run into guys, and it is just completely empty. Well, that's kind of nice. Huh. Um, so that's an easy trip. That's that's so strange. I mean, just story wise, because like if the if the monsters of the pyramid are there to prevent you from getting the Hawkeye and getting the Hawkeye uh like deactivates mm -hmm. them, then it can't be that though, because like you get the Hawkeye and you still have to get through like the one. Well, final no, chamber. that's what would make yeah. sense, right? Exactly. Um, I wonder though. Oh, what would be cool is after you use the Hawkeye, is that what turns off the magic and makes all the hieroglyphs mm, stop moving? Maybe because the destiny of the Hawkeye has been fulfilled. Could be. That's cool. Uh. Too bad I don't have a save state to mm, check. Right. And then so I got the last remaining photo that I had missed, which was the one by the Oasis that oh, okay. uh, Sarah had mentioned. Um, but I don't have Dungeon Man in that photo. Sad. Uh. Um, oh, you, you can um, go into Dungeon Man. Uh, you cannot talk. You what? can't talk to Dungeon Man unless you go all the way to the top again, which I didn't do. But you mm -hmm. can. It, Dungeon Man is still there in the trees. You can walk up mm -hmm. to him. And then exit again. And then you pass it, it, when you exit him again, you're now below him on that little peninsula hmm. um, with no way to escape, with no way to escape. Uh, <laughs> and you can talk to the guard there who can't believe you made it out of deep darkness alive. Wow. Huh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, this is, this is great stuff. This is a bunch of stuff that we no longer have to check in the post game. I probably should have gone up and talked to him because I bet he's got that dialogue, uh, the, the other dialogue that we were looking for. 
but yeah. I... He says, somehow my dungeon helped you or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. But I didn't want to go all the way up. I was lazy. That's probably what he says. Probably. Yeah. But it's all accessible. Uh, but that's it. That's that's great to know. Okay. Cool. So now I've 100%ed the video game.